Hi there, welcome to the Fearless Lady Podcast. I am your host, the Fearless Lady, Charlene Light. When I turned 40, I decided to create a really fun challenge for myself by stepping into my fears 40 different ways. I tackled fears around aging, going after my dreams, and even finding true love. This podcast is about that journey and how it transformed my life and how you can start looking at your fear as an invitation to step into your worth, invite more freedom, joy, and fun back into your life. Life can be an adventure. Live the life of your dreams. Hello, 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 hello. Welcome back to another edition of the Fearless Lady Podcast. How are you? How have you been? What have you been doing? I feel like there's just so, like time is so bizarre. It doesn't feel, I mean, I honestly don't remember the last time I did recorded this podcast, Um, but I will say this. I'm somewhat of a procrastinator. I've sort of always been that way, even like in school growing up, you know, I waited to the last minute to do papers. I, I don't know. I just don't have that quality. I don't know what it is where I'm like, I have to get this done and da, 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 da. I'm also not that person. I'm not a perfectionist at all. I'm somebody that just starts before I'm ready. I'll put out the thing before I've got all my T's crossed and my, you know, like I just, I'm like, get the thing out. Like that's the most important thing. And I honestly think the reason I am that way is because I really value experiences. I really value learning. So that's more important to me than just, you know, making sure it's perfect. Because if you, you know, most procrastinate, I'm sorry, most people that are perfectionists, they tend to spend so much time making sure it's perfect that they don't end up putting it out, you know? And then you've got all these like, you know, projects like that you started, but you never finished because you're like, oh, it's not perfect. I got to get it perfect, you know? So I'm just, you know, I'm happy that this is the way (laughs) that I am. Um, I got no problem with that. Um, If I told you that I'm recording this literally the night before that I planned to put it out, I mean, would you hold that against me? Would you think I'm, (laughs) but I mean, it's a time of weirdness, right? It's like, let's just be real. I don't even know who's listening to to this, you know? Um, So it's just all, it's all good. Listen, I'm, I'm totally cool with it. You know, I've learned that I embrace all my little quirks and all the things that make me, me, because that's what started this whole journey. Let me tell you. So getting to the journey, well, actually, let me back up. I'm in Los Angeles and they just put out an order. The governor just put out an order, a stay-at-home order, which means we're sort of back to the way things were when this pandemic first hit, which is we cannot go out to eat and even sit outside, which really sucks because the weather is so lovely here. And then we can't, I think they're going to be closing all of the you know, the beauty salons. Then I mean, just, it's very sad. It's, it's incredibly sad, obviously what's going on in the world right now, but just hear that the cases are just really skyrocketing and that this is coming down to another sort of stay at home order. Oh, just a lot of deep breaths. And, you know, I feel like this is the end of it. We've got a vaccine. It's just about now getting it to the people. Like let's, Let's just make this happen. And and I can't even believe it's December 3rd. You know, I can't believe it. It's like we're almost done with the year. So much, so much has changed and transformed. And I'm sure that all of us 
probably feel like we've grown leaps and bounds during this time. And, you know, for me, I live alone and I'm so incredibly grateful. You know, I was talking to a friend actually, and she was talking about how, you know, it's really hard to live alone during this time. And I'm like, really? But I think it's because I am somebody that's, this is my comfort zone. Like I'm very comfortable being alone. I don't even feel alone. I feel really open and, um, I don't know. I enjoy my company, my own company, and I have a lot of things that I'm interested in. So I'm really curious and I have my business that I'm running and I have my clients and I'm, I'm just reading and absorbing and learning more stuff and taking this and learning more tools. So it's all very, um, fulfilling and it feels very meaningful. I'm really excited because I just signed up for this new course called Psychic Bootcamp with Brie Melanson. And it's a 10-week course. And you know, this is this is what I've learned during this whole nine months that we've been in this pandemic <laughs> quarantine. It's something I've always known, which is that we all have our own inner wisdom within us. We all have our own inner knowing and our own guidance. And because I really made that choice um, a few months in to start meditating every day and to really kind of sit and and listen and become observant of my thoughts and become observant of my patterns and, and all of it and just be really available and open to my inner voice really showing up. I, I've just let go of all the old sort of, I need to read this book and I need to do this and I need to do that, you know, like all the things that I, it's like, I was constantly looking for new ways to teach me something about myself. And it's not that obviously I'm going to continue to learn for the rest of my life. I'm going to, I'm on this spiritual path for the rest of my life. So I will always, you know, pick up this book and learn this and learn that. But my point is, is like, I want to get really, really, really good at deepening my connection with my higher self. Because I will literally have a question, like ask my soul a question, and by the end of the day, I'll get the answer. Like it will just show up for me. Like that's how sort of in tune I've been. And that's not to say that I don't have moments of where I'm just like, this is all bullshit, which it's funny because two weeks ago I had that where I was just starting to feel like sort of like the the pendulum swayed all the way back to the other side, right? Where I was really starting to kind of get very angry and frustrated and just kind of like, I don't understand. Why does this keep coming up for me? You know, that kind of attitude. And so what I did was I really just allowed myself to 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 go there, you know? And I have this funny way or I have this playful way about it, which is like, I give my, my inner brat <laughs> the mic. I'm like, okay, go like, this is your comedy show. And I literally just went at it to myself. You know, it was just like, you think you're so spiritual. You think you're beyond all this. Where's your relationship? Where's this? Where's the, you know, like on and on and on. Like I, and I'm laughing to myself because then it's like, I'm not identifying with that voice. I'm actually 
giving it a stage, knowing it's a part of me, but I'm also being playful about it, you know, because it's not me, but it is an aspect of me. And there is some truth behind it, right? So I just allowed it to happen. I allowed it to show up. I gave it a stage. And for a few days, I have to say, I was in that mindset of just like, everything sucks and blah, blah, blah. You know, I mean, I had moments of course, the the me, the real me is always going to bounce back quicker. But I didn't understand at that point, you know, there's something brewing here. It felt like a new truth was was about to be born. Like that's usually what happens is I get really frustrated about something. It's an old pattern, an old looping in my head. And I let myself play it out and it might take a few days. But, and in this case, it took maybe like a week of, you know, waking up in the morning, feeling, uh, you know, and then kind of getting out of that and having a nice day. And then again, like it happens at night and it happens in the morning. And usually it's because I'll, I'll, it's so in my subconscious, it's just such a practiced way. It's a practice loop, an old loop that just keeps going that, um, that's when it shows up for me is in the mornings and, um, in the evenings. So anyways, I let it go and I just was like, cool. All right, let's give it the mic again, you know? And I just felt my way through it. And then sure enough, I did this breathwork meditation and it was so profound and I had this huge breakthrough and I really started to see things so differently. You know, I've often felt, and I'll say this all the time, which is like, we really have to start getting really good at asking empowering questions. Like that's been a very incredible tool for me during my spiritual journey, which is like, you know, not to ask questions based on conditions. Like when am I going to meet my soulmate? You know, when am I going to have a million dollars? When am I going to buy the house? Why don't I have this? You know, those are very conditional based questions. They're very sort of human questions. And of course, of course, it's normal to have those questions. We all do. But I think what the frustrating part for me was like, they're not getting me anywhere. It's that's what's spinning the loop. It's, it's like this, my ego is like pushing, you know, why don't you have those things? And yeah, let's, you know, all this is bullshit, you know, and I'm just like, this isn't getting anywhere. So what, what does my soul want to tell me? What does my soul, like, what is the lesson of my life around this same pattern of thinking. Like I sort of had to step back and look at it from my soul's perspective. And I really came to this beautiful insight, which is that my soul came here to learn how to receive love. And I was like, oh my God, like it was so profound. And, you know, I want to say that again, because I think I'm just going to say it again. I came here to learn the lesson to receive love. And that's not based on any condition, right? It's not about when am I going to get the man? When am I going to have the million dollars? Why can't I have this or that or whatever? That is really, to me, on a soul level, like the lesson of my life, you know? Because when I think about my way of, of showing up in the world has always been or used to be very much like I can do everything myself. Like, I'm cool. I'm okay. Like I said, I enjoy my own company. Um, It's sort of a coping mechanism I've learned and taught myself at a very young age. And so to think about like, whoa, I, I, 
I'm opening myself up to the idea that I actually have to learn how to receive love. And it's not based on a condition like, okay, yeah, I can receive this person's love, but what, what do you want from me in return? Or, you know what I'm saying? Um, anyways, that really, truly profoundly opened me up. And, and so I sort of want to ask you, like, if you were to notice a pattern of thinking or, or a problem that you keep coming back to in your life, you know, how can you move towards, you know, what would my soul say about this? Like, what do you think that larger lesson is for you? Because again, when we ask these questions, you know, why haven't I met this person or why can't I get this job or why am I always attracting this kind of situation? It's really, the the ego loves those kinds of questions because they're very victim-based. You're coming at it from a, from a low self-worth, a very, um, like a scarcity mindset, because you're really what you're saying to the universe is I'm not a left until I get this thing right. Right now is not enough. I I must have this thing. It's like, you're looking for an answer to a problem that it's going to fix in you. So how can you pull that back and say, what is the larger lesson that I keep hitting in my life? Right. What is my soul want to know or want to tell me? And it's just like, think about that, you know, and it might not come up, you know, right away. It might take some time, but just kind of breathe into that. Think about that. And, um, yeah, and report back. I'd love to hear what you have to say about it. So now I'm going to jump into my fearless acts journey. And this one is a really interesting one. So I had written down, you know, I've never, in at this point, it had been 10 years of living in New York. I had never stopped and really given the homeless like food or done anything personally. And there's so much homeless, um, homelessness in New York, you know, and you're passing them all the time. And we just get so, I don't know, um, we just kind of walk by. It's like really hard. We don't want to look at them or I should just speak for myself. It's really hard to take it in. Because if you really take it in, it's very sad. You know, you see homeless people on the subways and, you know, they're sleeping and they smell and people want to move away. I mean, it, it's just on and on and on. So you develop this sort of, I don't know, I guess not resistance, but you develop this sort of numbness to walking by somebody on the street begging for money, you know? And so I was like, you know, I had that on my list, like buy a homeless person dinner. And I didn't know when or how it was going to happen. And um, so fearless act number 36 is when I was walking through the East Village and I decided to buy someone a slice of of pizza. And I'm going to read you what I wrote. Last night, as I walked from the East Village to the subway, I spotted a young girl sitting underneath the streetlight with ragged hair and a cardboard sign that said, sometimes you just need a little help. I glanced at her for a moment and then continued walking as I normally do, but something told me to turn around. So I did. Her paper cup was empty. She was sitting on bags dressed in layers of brown and her hair looked like it hadn't been brushed in months. Excuse me, I approached. Are you hungry? She nodded. Let me buy you a slice of pizza. I gestured to the pizza place across the street. She stood up right away. Oh, I would love that. Thank you. I'm Charlene, as I held out my hand to shake hers. I'm Mary, she replied. Nice to meet you, Mary. Somehow I didn't believe that was her real name. 
She added, I saw you walk by before, and I thought you looked like my mom's friend. I had two thoughts. One, I was old enough to be her mom, and two, she saw me walk by the first time. As we walked across the street for pizza, I asked her how long she'd been on the streets. She told me she's been traveling for months, trying to get back to Texas. She also said that her boyfriend... She also said that she had a boyfriend and they were both sleeping at a friend's house in the Bronx. I was relieved to know that she had somewhere to sleep at night. I bought her two slices, one for her and one for her boyfriend. She was polite, gracious, and sweet. I asked if she wanted to sit down and eat and she politely declined, explaining that she should get back to her spot as her boyfriend would be wondering where she was. I really don't like this, she revealed. You know, sit out there and beg. People can be so mean. They spit in our cup and tell us to go get a job, which we're trying to do and and will do once we get back to Texas. I just continued to listen. Thank you so much. I had been sitting here wishing for a slice of pizza, she said. Well, I must have heard you, she smiled. Stay safe, I said as I wished her well and waved goodbye. As I walked away, I realized in the 10 years I've lived here, I had never done that before. I had never bought a stranger dinner. I never really engaged in a conversation with someone who was a beggar. I was either too busy, too grossed out by their appearance, or frankly, just too disheartened to bother. I know, especially as New Yorkers, we are constantly bombarded with all kinds of stories of people down on their luck, and it's easy to clump all of them in the same category and look away. But I made a promise to myself last night. Even if I can't give someone money or buy someone dinner, I can always acknowledge them because everybody deserves to be seen. And sometimes people just need a little extra help. Oh, So I have this in my blog and I took a picture of her from behind and you can see it's, it's really profound because you can see she's sitting underneath like a street light and there's all this foot traffic walking by and she's just... It's sort of like she's lit up, but the foot foot traffic is very blurred and she's right next to trash. And, you know, it's funny. I didn't, it didn't occur to me at the time, but afterwards I thought she probably doesn't have a boyfriend. And she just says that to, I guess, make people feel less bad for her or maybe feel like, you know, I was thinking about this, like knowing that if she did have a boyfriend and she is a woman, like I would feel better Um, she wouldn't seem as fragile to me. She would seem a little bit more taken care of, but the truth is I have no idea if that was even true, you know, and you know, what, what must be going on in her life to revert to the streets? And that was always a question. And, you know, and it's funny because I saw her another, I think I saw her one more time in a different area. I don't know, she probably wouldn't remember me, but of course I remembered her because it was the first time that I actually introduced myself to somebody like that and, you know, bought them dinner. And I also am so naive to think that when people tell me things that it's actually true, you know, I mean, I did write, that's probably not her name, but I think at the time I was like, oh sure, that could be her name, you know? Um, So it's funny after the fact, I had all these questions about it, like, I wonder if that's true that she was going to Texas and I wonder maybe she didn't have a boyfriend and maybe she, maybe this is her third or fourth slice of pizza. I mean, and we just don't know, you know what I mean? So regardless, that profound moment for me or lesson for me was to acknowledge them, to at least look at them, to at least, you know, I had realized so much about my journey was 
not only embracing who I was and embracing my instincts and, and really having fun with life, but it was also, I wanted to be seen, you know, a lot of my fearless acts. I remember standing at Washington Square Park and I had in that um, episode, if you were listening, where I said, it just really sucks to have people walk by you and not even acknowledge what you're doing. And at that point I was singing and it was just like, of course, everybody's in their own world. You know, we can't expect to be seen, but it's a new feeling. You know, at that point, I, again, was walking into tons of yoga classes where people were excited to see me. So to not have that felt so uncomfortable, truly uncomfortable. And I just kept thinking about how even that cuddle party that I went to and the people that were there that probably spent their lives being ignored and not feeling seen and what that must do for them to be in an environment where it's safe to have physical touch, you know? I was just learning so much about all these different pockets and different kinds of people and how we're all so connected in the ways that we all are craving to be seen, to be heard, to be touched, to be moved, to share, to feel like we have something to offer. So it was such a beautiful lesson for me and I I miss I miss that sense. I mean, I'm sure now it's very different in New York with the pandemic, but that's something I miss living here is I'm so detached from other walks of life here. I mean, I literally, you know, I can go for weeks and just I see the same people, you know. I do see a lot of homeless here, but it's very different. New York is just a very special place and I'm so grateful that I was able to live there for as long as I as long as I was. So let's go ahead and move on to my um let's move on to fearless act number 37, driving to Vermont, my first time behind the wheel in 10 years. This is a picture of my first driver's license at eight, at age 16. I saved it all these years because it means so much to me. It is symbolic of my first taste of freedom, of independence, of adulthood. Getting my driver's license was the connecting factor to attaining my dreams. Once I was old enough to drive, I can get a job, start paying for singing lessons. I could go to the mall and visit my friends at the drop of a hat. I could ditch fourth period and head to the beach. You know, all the important things that my teenage valley girl self would ponder. Getting my license was like, insert Valley Girl accent, the biggest deal, okay? I mean, my entire 10th grade class could tell you how many days left I had until I turned 16 because I told them like every day all the time. So moving to New York from Los Angeles, a truly car-centric city was a big adjustment. I remember selling my black Volkswagen Jetta and thinking, who am I without my car? Cut to 10 years at living as a New Yorker, and I got no problem leaving that car behind. I love taking the subway. I love not having to worry about parking and tune-ups and smog checks and gas and insurance and paying attention to other drivers and all that talk about traffic. Turns out I love being taken places. My time on the subway is actually fun. I read, I listen to music, talk to strangers. I meet new people and generally get to where I need to go at a reasonably um, and decent amount of time. So when the opportunity arose for me to visit Vermont, a place I've never been, to attend a yoga retreat, I immediately say yes. 
and then tried to figure out how to get there. I researched taking a train or flying or even a bus, anything other than driving myself because I have never driven in New York City. I repeat, never. I only drive on occasion when visiting LA. On occasion. So that's 10 years of not driving. And people are crazy drivers in New York. And now I'm presented with the invitation of driving to to Vermont, which takes about six hours. Are you kidding me? There's got to be another way. But, you know, this challenge is called 40 Fearless Acts, not 40, I'm cool with it, Acts. So I chose to rent a car and drive myself. Back in the day when I was a car owner, there were no iPhones, no app, no Google, no nothing. If you had to drive long distance somewhere, you had to research how to get there. You had to buy a map. You had to print out directions. You had to have a plan. My plan was to download the app Waze, pull my handy iPhone in the car charger, and trust that I would get there. What a difference 10 years makes. I sat in my rented purple Hyundai for a few minutes before I went on my adventure. I wanted to make sure that I knew where everything was, or rather reprogram all the good radio stations on the console. I couldn't drive six hours without good tunes. So off I went with my good buddy Waze leading the way. I can do this, I repeated to myself, backing out of the driveway of the Holiday Inn. Don't ask. It was a cheap car rental spot. The first hour, I sat with my eyes and ears on high alert. I had the radio turned off as I was trying to focus solely on whatever Waze told me. She directed me to veer, when to veer left or right or head on this highway or that one. She didn't tell me how long 900 meters was in, you know, real people talk, like 10 minutes, 30. Come on, Waze, just talk to me like you're my friend. How long till I can tune out and jam to some music? You will be on this road for two hours, she said. Finally, I can turn on some music and check out the beautiful scenery. And it was beautiful. So I'm zipping down I-95 highway without a care in the world until first toll. Waze never told me about tolls, but you know what else she didn't tell me about? Large puddles or cars that were veered off to the shoulder or that cop about 20 feet away. Luckily, one of my students told me to take cash for the tolls, so I was prepared. I got to Stowe Mountain Yoga Retreat in record time, five hours and some change. I felt relieved. On my drive home, I trusted ways completely. Things started coming back to me like when I was a teenager again. I'm singing all the words to I Miss You by Climax, loud and proud. I've got one hand on my steering wheel and another hand scanning through radio stations. Why are they always on the commercial breaks at the same time? Or I'm having full-on imaginary conversations with myself or with people I want to meet. You know, because that's what you do when you're driving solo, right? But the skies were getting murky, the clouds were coming in, and Waze didn't warn me about the weather. It started to rain on my ride back. Oh, I hate driving in the rain, I murmured to no one. Waze also didn't inform me of the big trucks that were driving irrationally fast on the opposite side of the highway and would perpetually speed by me and splash large, huge amounts of water all over my purple Elantra. Oh, the nerve. So I'm already a bit grouchy. Waze and I were not on the best of terms, and well, I sort of passed by a toll without paying. I'm not sure that how that happened, but when I arrived at another toll, the officer asked for my ticket, and I said, what ticket, officer? I mean, Mr. Tollbooth Man. He said I should have gotten one at the last station. I explained that this is my first time driving to New York from Vermont, and I have no idea what he's talking about. And then I tried to blame it all on Waze, and apparently it worked because he let me pass, with paying, of course. Then I went, to, uh, I went through another two tolls, and on the last one, I only had $5, and the toll was $8, and they only take cash. Oh, Waze and I were not speaking. I explained to the officer, I mean, toll booth man, I had no more cash, and could I charge it? He smiled, took my five bucks, and let me pass. Oh, relieved. 
I made it back to the Empire State and thought to myself, hmm, perhaps I should make a stop at Ikea or Target since I have this car and could potentially buy really big, heavy things and then drive them back to my place. Oh my God, how exciting. Or I can drive things for other people. Maybe I can become an Uber driver in the next hour or so. The possibilities were endless. But I just wasn't in the mood, so off I went to return my purple Elantra. One Holiday Inn shuttle back to LaGuardia Airport to pick up the M60 bus back to Astoria Boulevard and then head back on the N train to the city just in time to teach my 7.30 class. Oh my God, I can't believe I actually taught a class the same day. Wow. I just started to think about the days when I drove everywhere and how different my life was then and how much my car was attached to my identity, my ticket to freedom. It's funny how I own less stuff now than I did back then and yet... I feel more free because there's nothing in my way anymore, not age, not status, not toll booths, and certainly not fear. Oh, that's so sweet. Well, my friends, that's going to end this edition of The Fearless Lady. I just want to send out a big, huge hug. So much love to all of you. I am so grateful for those of you that have been listening this entire time, we are on episode 23. We are nearing the end of my fearless journey. I promise you, I want to start to bring in some really interesting people to interview, people that have taken, you know, that have lived fearlessly in their lives, that have traveled and, and you know, taken the life, excuse me, chosen a life that really is authentic to them. That to me is extremely fearless. So, Look out for those episodes. But again, I have a couple more and they're really, really good and really powerful. And the last, the last few, I end up revisiting um, some of the other, some of my scariest fearless acts again, because I really wanted to explore, you know, would I feel differently? Would the fear dissipate or would it be different? Like I wanted to know, I wanted to know what that felt like, you know? So those are some, those are some of the most profound, um, Acts. I know I talk about it a lot. That they're they're all profound, but you know, revisiting them again, I think about my last and final one, and I'm excited to share that one with you because it's a really good one. All right, my friends, be safe. Love to you all, and I will see you in a few weeks for another new episode. And by the way, I am. I would love to, uh, if you're interested in doing your own fearless journey, don't forget to contact me. I'm doing free mini coaching sessions, 30 minutes, sign up, let's talk, let's jam and have a beautiful, beautiful day. Take care.
of me.